Hello and welcome back to Three Things with JR. I'm your host, JR. Man, it's the middle of November already. Kind of seems like 2021 just got started just a few weeks ago. Golly, uh, this year is almost over. And uh, so is this season of the podcast. I don't know if I'll start season three, boom, right away after season two is over, after 80 episodes. Season one was 40 episodes. Season two is 40 episodes. Season three will either start sometime in December or January, but we're not over yet. We've still got this episode and at least one more before the end of the year. And this one, I am excited for you to get to hear what happens on today's show? My special guest is Oscar Sobkowitz of a band called Kings of the Wild Things. My band, the band Big, came in second to them in the uh, in a battle of the bands about two months ago here in Charlottesville. If you've been listening to this show uh, for the past few episodes, you already know this. I'm not telling you anything new yet. Uh, but today, uh, we sat down, I sat down on uh, Facebook Messenger and talked to Oscar for well over an hour, uh, and I am excited for you to meet Oscar and find out just how nice of a guy he is. He's also incredibly smart. Uh, he's got a good business mind. He's got a good music mind. He's got crazy good lyrics in the songs that he writes. He's got a great band, and he has an incredible father. And I know that because he's a dad playing drums in his son's band, and he kicks ass. So, yeah, so we're going to talk to Oscar, and he's got a great three things. We're going to learn about his band. We're going to learn about his life, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. I am so excited. I'm not even going to do three things of my own here at the top of the show. Uh, I, we're we're going to get right into the uh, interview here in just a minute. We'll take a break shortly, but uh, first I want to tell you, what's the deal with the show? Uh, you probably want to come see Kings of the Wild Things, and if you get there early, you'll be able to see my band, the band Big, uh, which is uh, is awesome because we want to uh, we want to share the stage with these guys again, and they were. Nice enough to agree to do it. Uh, in fact, they seem kind of excited about playing with us again. So I couldn't be happier. The show is on Black Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving. That's November 26th at the Southern Cafe and Music Hall here in Charlottesville, right there on the beautiful downtown mall. What else have you got to do on the Friday after Thanksgiving, right? Uh, you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, you're probably gathering with family and friends this year. You were told not to last year, but you're going to this year. Maybe it's a big deal. Maybe it's a smaller affair than normal, but you're going to gather with people. You're going to eat too much. You're probably going to watch some football the next day. Are you off from work? Maybe. A lot of people are. If you're off from work, are you going shopping or are you going to go out and enjoy uh, the outdoors? Go for a hike. Do something fun and nice with your family. Your uh, your kids are home from school. Whatever. Go have a fun Friday and uh, Friday night. You're going to want to you're going to want to dance. You're going to want to rock. You're going to want to maybe even get a mosh pit going uh, or stay on the sides. Uh, either way, there's a fantastic show going on Friday night. Uh, and you probably should be there uh, at the Southern. Tickets are cheap. They're only like 10 or 12 bucks, and, uh, and you should probably show up. Bring your friends. Bring your mom. Bring your dad. Bring your kids. Bring your grandparents. Bring everybody 
and let's have a uh, an amazing show. Kings of the Wild Things and the band Big at the Southern on Black Friday. Uh, oh, would you like to win a couple tickets? I have a way for you to do that. I've got some tickets uh, that I will give to you if you can do the following. Um, in this interview, I'm going to talk to Oscar. He's going to tell us about one of his songs, uh, one of the songs that is actually uh, been played almost 30,000 times on Spotify. It's getting traction. It is, it's been loaded up on playlists, like a 2000s pop punk playlist. It's on one of those Spotify playlists. So it's getting a lot of attraction. I'm telling you, Kings of the Wild Things are going to be a big deal. They're already kind of a big deal in Towson, Maryland, where they're from, and uh, regionally, and they're getting bigger. And uh, I, I'm just telling you, you're you're going to be pretty excited to be able to tell people uh, in a few years, hey, that band, Kings of the Wild Things, uh, I heard a podcast with that guy on it back in November of 2021. And then I went and saw them play, and they were amazing. And uh, and, and then, you know. When, they won't even be playing uh, venues as small as the Southern in a few years. They'll be way bigger than this. Uh, so now's your chance to get in on being a King of the Wild Things fan early. Uh, and if you want to get some free tickets, here's how. Uh, they have a song called Reckless, and uh, Oscar tells us what the song is about in this interview. And so listen for that. Uh, and then there's going to be a question uh, on this podcast episode on Spotify. I don't think the questions show up anywhere else. Uh, the only place I did, I did a question last week. Nobody answered the question except myself. Uh, and I, on, the only place I saw the question was, uh, on Spotify in, uh, on the, uh, mobile app, not even on my computer version of Spotify. So if you're listening to this show on the mobile version of Spotify on your phone, Scroll down past the episode, like go to the episode details, scroll down, and there is a going to be a question there. The question will be this. Uh, what is the Kings of the Wild Things song Reckless about? And if you listen to the interview, it's easy. It's He just tells you. And so listen to that, put that answer in, submit it, and you're good to go. And maybe you're a fan of already of the, of the band Kings of the Wild Things. And if so, maybe you already know what this song is about. Go ahead and answer. Uh, and then listen to the entire episode. That would be great. Because I'm going to play the song Reckless at the end of the show for you. So if you haven't heard them yet, you'll get a chance to hear what Kings of the Wild Things are all about. If you don't have Spotify, Spotify uh, or listen to podcasts other ways. I doubt the podcast. The question is going to show up for you. That's okay. Three Things with Jr. has a Facebook page now, and you can go straight to there, like the page if you haven't already, and uh, you can just message me the answer to that question. What is their song "Reckless" about? All right, there you go. There's your chance to win two free tickets to our show on November 26th. Uh, I will be choosing a name uh, from all of the correct answers submitted either on Spotify or on uh, Three Things with JR's Facebook page. Cool. Uh, I think that's all I have to tell you. So we're going to take a short break. Be right back with Oscar Subkowitz of Kings of the Wild Things. Back in a second. Wake up, wake up, wake up. There's no time for play. Get up, get up, get up It's a brand new day
Hey, man, how are you? Good, Oscar. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Do you do a lot of this sort of thing? Do you do? Is, is this like the norm for you now? Like, uh, you know, meetings and messenger and Zoom and whatever else? Yeah. So we actually were in alt press a while ago, and when they interviewed us, it was over the phone. But my degree is in mass common EMF and videography and stuff. Oh, nice. And um, editing music and audio and stuff and all that kind of jazz. Um, so I do a lot of video and editing and microphone and stuff. Cool. So you have like a home studio? I do not have a home studio. I um, work through uh, the company that I work for has one that I use. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah. What do you? What about you? What do you have over there? Uh, I'm using my work computer. <laughs> so oh, sweet. For sure, because uh, uh, we started a podcast at my job, uh, and like right before, like before the pandemic, and mm -hmm. uh, we were recording a lot at the as the pandemic started. I had to go start working from home, so I set up the uh, the home studio. Uh, but I never, I still haven't gotten myself my own computer yet. Uh, okay. So the mic and the stand and the cords and the interface is all mine. Uh, and I have an equal setup on, at my desk at work, um, but the uh, the, yeah. lap, the laptop they got me is pretty badass. Uh, I, I, I can edit 4K video. I can obviously do audio, uh, yeah. and uh, I do a lot of that stuff for work. But uh, I thought, well, shoot, why not? Uh, I'll just. What softwares are you running? Uh, I use Ableton Live 10 Lite, uh, which is okay. uh, it's more of a music recording software, yeah. but it certainly works perfectly for everything I needed to do. Uh, it does a lot more than I needed to I'm do. I'm familiar with Ableton, actually. I, 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 I like it. Um, I usually use Reaper, but they teach us on Pro Tools. So Yeah, Reaper, uh, the where we recorded our album, the uh, the guy that runs uh, his own studio in his basement, like uh, yeah. it's like he built his house above a studio. He didn't put a studio yeah. in his basement, uh, but he uses Reaper for everything. Yeah. Sweet. So uh, uh, you're more than just the uh, the front man. You, you're the uh, producer, basically, too? No, actually, I don't do any of it. I don't like doing my own stuff. Really? So you just work on other no. people's stuff? Yeah, no. So I currently, my degree I'm working on is mass comm and EMF. Um, EMF is radio audio engineering and stuff. And uh, currently doing all the studying for that. And then I work for a company now that I teach guitar lessons at. I actually help manage bands for kids and teach them how to be in a band setting. It's a really cool program, actually. And then we're building a studio and a studio session like there that the kids can then go into and work through and pay for studio time and stuff. Oh my gosh. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. It's actually really, it's a really sick program, especially for like the band part of it. That's like the, what, what organization is that through? It's called Luther Lutherville rock school. Uh, the school of rock in Lutherville. It's a, uh, it's, it's an awesome program. I actually, it's really well set up and it's, it's for what it is. It's a really good price. That's awesome. Here in Charlottesville, we have something called the Music Resource Center. Uh, I know a couple people that have worked there in the past, uh, but it's a it's a place where kids can go and get studio time, get lessons, uh, perform. Huh. It's a it's a pretty neat place, man. Uh, I just love the idea that uh, we're we're keeping we're keeping it going with these younger generations and giving them opportunities to speak their minds and get the music out. Well, the other thing is, I actually work with some adults that are even that are older than me. One of the bands that I work with is uh, guys in their 40s who've always wanted to be in a band and just don't know what to do. So I work with them. Yeah, we we might need your advice as well, because, you know, uh, I'm the youngest guy in our band and I'm 47. So, 
uh, uh, I'm the kid in in the band Big, and uh, yeah. and you know when we met you guys at the Battle of the Bands, uh, uh, it struck us a, a couple things struck us about you and your band. Uh, for one, how how are you guys just like so nice? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I I, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, you know, you you kind of look like a bunch of punk kids, but uh, you're some of the nicest people we've met in the in, in the music business. So, um, when it comes to that, I think that like, like you guys were a good example of it and the band low life tea party who was there mm -hmm. were a great example of it is in the music industry. It used to be that you could send a demo out and got discovered and, and I, and again, this is something I teach with like the kids that I work with is you can send a demo out and maybe you'll get discovered, but the chances of that are so much less now. You have to build up a repertoire of, I put on a solid show. My band puts on a solid um, tour. We have solid songs. Um, but most importantly is that we're fun and easy to work with. And like um, we play with and work with people all the time who just, they're just not fun to work with and they're <laughs> not fun to play with. And while they may be really good, like if they're famous, it's one thing, but like guys at like, you know, our level, you know, I'd much rather like our bands aren't necessarily the same genre, but you guys are super nice. You're a lot of fun. You put on a good show and I'd rather work with nice people. And I can't say that I'd rather work with nice people if my band's not nice as well. Yeah. So uh, tell me about your band. Uh, how did it form? Uh, who's in it? Uh, and uh, what's going on? So the band formed, really it formed in 2018, but we say 2019 because our first show was in 2019. It formed uh, in December of 2018. We had a show 2019 in January. January 11th, I think, is the date, but I'm not sure on that. And uh, it was me and a friend in high school, and uh, we didn't have a drummer. And so my dad actually stepped in and drummed for the show, and he still plays with us. Yeah. And uh, we uh, then moved to Baltimore. Um, and that bassist uh, left just because he was moving out to Dallas for school. And um, from there, it's just been, uh, you know, COVID hit. So there was about a year or nine months to a year of not being able to play. And we had some really cool stuff that got canceled. Like we were supposed to play with Doyle from the Misfits. Oh, my gosh. And that got canceled because of COVID. But um, we buckled down. We wrote an EP and we put that out. And uh, it's gotten a lot of views since um, one of the songs actually in the next week or show is on track to hit 30,000 streams. I saw that. Um, uh, I saw that you guys uh, had one of your songs, uh, Great Unknown, maybe added to reckless, like a, a reckless. reckless. Maybe it was a reckless is the one you've got 27,540 views as we speak. Uh, yeah. And Great Unknown. Uh, I saw somebody posted on your Facebook that they saw that track get added to a Spotify playlist. Yeah. The really cool thing is we went from, we had like 200 monthly listeners, 300, you know, floating around 200, 300. One time it was at like 400, but then it was hopping up and down. We had that many monthly listeners for about, you know, the first two and a half years of the band. But we put this record out and about two months ago, like there was no paid promotion, nothing. We started getting hits on the songs. And uh, Reckless, you know, started to blow up from there and 
I think we're sitting at around 500 streams on average a day for that song. Some wow. of the days we get like 900, 1,000 streams a day on that song. Damn. Which is crazy. And the craziest part is if you go into the analytics and look at it and stuff, I think right now the top 17 cities for that song are in the Philippines. What? <laughs> yeah, we have like 9,000 monthly listeners or uh, 6,000 6, monthly listeners, 9,000 monthly streams from the Philippines. Or wow. something like that crazy. I, when it's I started weird. when I started looking at the analytics for my podcast, uh, I was struck by just how many different countries. I mean, it's sometimes it's only one person uh, oh, yeah. in other countries, right? Uh, that, but like, yeah, South Africa, the Philippines, uh, like Israel, like Germany. It's every, it's, it's the, the entire world. Places. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. So, I don't, like we have like five listeners in Luxembourg. <laughs> Uh, it's not, you're going worldwide. That's what I like to say. Well, it's just so interesting how the world's connected and, you know, we're about to actually announce this on Friday. We're booking a tour as, as you guys know, we're trying to book something down that way on that tour, but, um, we're about to announce a tour and there's one or two dates that we don't have set yet, but we want to get the other dates out there, get people to hear about it. And we'll announce those other couple of filler fill in extra dates that we have as, as the tour comes up. But it's, it's amazing because we're booking this tour and connecting with people and stuff and just the people that say to us oh yeah i've heard your song reckless we'd love to play that show with you guys yeah you know it's just like there's people out in chicago that have found our music through spotify or apple music or whatever and it's just amazing how music connects people i i love spotify uh discover weekly i mean i'm constantly oh, finding yeah. new artists every week on uh, that's my main playlist on spotify is i want to hear new stuff or you know stuff that it they're pretty sure i'm gonna like it based on whatever else i've listened to and they're pretty much right uh they do a really yeah good no job i think i've that. ever i think maybe if i listen to 20 songs on the spotify like up weekly recommended list i, I don't know exactly what they call it but i do listen to that and maybe every one out of 20 you don't like it's insane how pretty how like they hit the stuff yeah no they're really really good i've been in with spotify since it was like a test i've been subscribing ever since like they had like a free weekend when they were still started getting getting started and uh i hooked up with it then i somehow got in on it because it was like a limited availability to get in on the the free weekend test thing uh and i have been using spotify as my main way to listen to music ever since uh and i've told a lot of people that are critical of spotify and what they don't pay and all that uh i would gladly pay spotify double what they're charging me now if i knew it was going to really go to artists because uh, i mean it's invaluable. It is a part of my like day. Many hours a day are spent using Spotify. Yeah, I actually have Spotify and Apple Music, and sometimes I get these notifications that was like you spent eight hours a day on your phone, and then I go in and I'm like I can't spend eight hours, but I spend between Apple Music and Spotify because sometimes like when I'm in the gym I'll turn it on airplane mode and I have the stuff downloaded on my phone or whatever. So sometimes Spotify is iffy with that. Yeah, and um. I think between Apple Music and Spotify, I have like four hours a day, five hours a day listening to music. Yep. Um, so tell me what it's like to have your dad be your drummer. So a lot of people make fun of us. I get tagged in so many Facebook posts and Instagram posts of memes about father-son bands. But um, I really like it. I think it adds 
a level of accountability to the band. I think it adds a level of trust to the band where venues. So, so again, some of us, some of the guys in the band are under 21. However, a lot of venues that are over 21 still will let us come in because they see that there's somebody older in the band and um, they are like, oh, I think maybe we can, you know, work something out. And there's just like an, a level of accountability in the band that a lot of other guys and people, not guys, people in bands um, my age will go out after shows and party and drink and stuff. At, but you know, usually we have two or three shows in a weekend and we got to be ready for the next day. And just having him in the band adds some levels of accountability. We actually just, um, what's the rating on this show? You can say whatever you want. We actually just ordered, they might be available by the time we play in Charlottesville shirts with his face on it. And people call him King Tom uh, here in Baltimore. And we just ordered shirts that say King Tom makes me horny with his face on it. <laughs> so we actually sold out of some of the pre-orders and we had to print more so that we could fill all the show show purchases as well. Dude, that, so you guys are leaning into it. This is uh, This is awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, he's, he's all, he's like, well, you know, when the time comes, you know, I'm ready to go. But I'm like, dude, dad, right now it's, you're in like, there's like people all the time are like, so when are you going to kick your dad out? I mean, he's, he's as much a member of the band as Gabe is, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's as much a member of the band as any of us are. Yeah. There's no, he's not, I mean, it, he's a member of the band. It's not like he's just filling in. And so he sees himself being in the band as long as you'll have him, basically. Yeah, I mean, like, eventually, you know, if we do end up touring with, signing with a big label and touring year-round, you know, he, he probably can't do it. But, you know, as of right now, you know, we're doing, I think, 15 days in January. He's going to be there for all of them. You know, we're going from here to Richmond, through that, through where you guys are, out to Nashville up through um, Ohio to Indianapolis, hitting Pittsburgh, hitting New York, hitting Jersey, and then finishing here in Maryland over like 14 days, and he's there for all of it. What, is, what does he do? What's his day job? So he um, currently just is work. He's, uh, he just he's working around the house and stuff right now. We moved to the area recently, so he's helping around the house, doing some stuff here at the house and stuff. And um, his mom is also in the area and he helps take care of her and stuff. And it's just dealing with some family stuff right now. So he's got some schedule flexibility right now. Yeah, he has a little bit of schedule flexibility right now. Yeah. But again, we only really gig on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, what's you guys' process? Like uh, when you uh, when you want to do a song, uh, who comes up with the, with, I mean, how does that work? Do you write everything? Uh, does the band come up with it together in the, in the, in the practice space? How does that work? So I've been writing this stuff for a while. Um, usually I'll come up with, we play pop punk. So it's usually, it's notes, pop punk's made fun of because it's really simple four chord songs. You know, just C, G, A, F, B, F sharp, G sharp, E, B, G sharp, F sharp, E. You know, it's really simple um, pop song chords. Um, and the way I describe the music is pop songs with, em with like emo teen angst, um, little darker pop songs. And, uh, so it's not crazy guitar parts or anything like that. And um, I'll come up with the lyrics and the words and stuff, and then we'll demo it. And we actually just got some new demos in for some new songs. And then we will, these demos we're actually sending out to some labels and some people to feature and stuff. But usually we'll then take those demos and fix them up, add the, um, add the octave chords in, add a little bit of guitar parts in and stuff. And from there, then we'll go and record it. 
and and modify things and then modify the drum parts and stuff after it's been demoed. So uh, would you say uh, the band gets a do the, does the band get a writing credit for the music? Yes, they do. They do. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a uh, it's a um, it is it is a like I'll write the words and stuff, but it is the band in the end who's working on the songs and coming up with some of the rhythms and stuff. I can only do so much. I'm not that great of a guitar player. So, so you guys have got the business end of this pretty well figured out. Yeah. Good. That's important. So that's not going to be like a, a thing that breaks the band up. I mean, cause everybody's no. And to be honest, um, a lot of people have left the band and, um, just sort of been like, because we're growing pretty quickly. We had one guy who unfortunately had to leave and he was just like, look, there's no sense in arguing over it. Like just, just keep this stuff if that makes sense. Keep like the stuff you already had recorded. The the new stuff that we had worked on. Yeah. That we hadn't even recorded or written. Like we haven't even put out yet. So he gave up his writing credit. Yeah. Wow. So have you had any, you know, negative experiences with people having to leave the band? We, we had one guy, we, we had two guys in the band. We've, We've had two guys in the band who we had to make some tough decisions on because they were doing things that we as a band didn't deem um, appropriate. Yeah. So it wasn't musically speaking an issue. It no, was other I mean stuff. we've had we've had we've had disagreements with people, and people get mad because um, it wasn't exactly what they want to play, but this band's been going for not a very long time in the grand scheme of things. And we're getting some pretty good shows and pretty good traction. So you can't really fix something that's working so well. Yeah. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, but no, the pe the only people we've had, we've had real problems with, with two guys that were doing things that we didn't deem appropriate, not just as a band, but like morally as people didn't believe was okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, we sounds like we don't need to go down that road any further. No, no. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. No, we'll leave that. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, what's the biggest gig you guys have had so far? So, um, to me, the biggest gig was uh, when we played with All Time Low. They are my favorite band. Um, if, do you know who they are? I do not. That's a not a band I've heard all of at low, all. Um, all Time Low wrote a song a while ago called Dear Maria. Um, it, it, it's a huge song. It's done very well. Uh, you you definitely have heard it. You might not know it's them. It's I got your picture. I'm coming with you, dear Maria. Count me in. Um, it's a huge thing on TikTok right now. They're very famous, but they also put out a song a while ago called um, Monsters. And uh, Black Bear, who's a famous rapper, featured on it. And then Demi Lovato also featured on it. I've heard of her. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And the song was like number one or two on the pop charts for like 16 weeks. Wow. And um, they were touring with Sad Summerfest, which is sponsored by Journeys, which is a huge like pop punk emo festival. And um, I had some I had a, a group of friends who's in a band from Pink from here in Baltimore they actually op ended up opening the festival, but we got to um, all time. Low is from Baltimore. They actually, one of the guys went to the college I go to, they went to the high school down the street from where I live. And um, 
we got the opportunity. They did a second show the day after the festival here in Baltimore. And we were the only openers for the show. It was just us and them. Oh, man. And it wasn't the numbers biggest show we've played because it wasn't um, promoted as well as it could have been because it was the day after a festival and, you yeah. know, it was COVID and stuff in Baltimore and the regulations here are crazy. But um, uh, we got to open for them and they're like one of my favorite bands and we got to hang out with them in the green room and stuff and it was just an all around crazy experience for me. That was super cool. But um, we also played, uh, it's weird, it's called an emo night, which is like cover band night. Um, and there were five bands, and we all co- one of the bands covered Green Day, one of the bands covered Panic at the Disco. We actually covered All Time Low. And yeah. uh, there was like 800 people there for that. That was really cool. Is, so would that is numbers-wise, would that be the biggest crowd you've played for so far? That I remember, yes. I think, I think so. And we've played festivals where there was more than 800 people there but nothing's the same as like a five band bill with 800 people at it yeah yeah uh so what advice would you have for my band being that we're all old geezers uh that still think they rock i think we do actually uh oh but- no no i actually i actually have your um your five song demo with the tree on the front in my car in yeah. my cd changer nice We've made regular yeah, rotation. No, uh, and wait, wait, wait! You're a kid who even knows what a CD changer is. <laughs> I uh, my day job. I work at Crutchfield. Uh, I I okay. I teach adults uh, of all ages uh, how to talk about and sell electronics. Right, car stereos, home theater, TVs, cameras, drones, yeah. and anything like that. And, uh, you know, when we when we have younger folks come in uh, 20, 22, 23, somewhere in that range, most of them never played a CD in their life. Uh, Maybe some of them, if they're into vinyl, they're into vinyl, but most of them are not and have never played a record in their life. But they at least know what records are. But when we bring up the concept of a CD changer, you know, when I started at Crutchfield, 25 years ago cd changers you couldn't you couldn't go a day without selling 10 cd changers now people don't even know what they are yeah no i actually have one of those you know booklets that you unzip and you open it and it's got the cds in each of its own little files and you can see about half of the cover you know that's awesome yeah yeah Uh, yeah i got yeah so, so yeah, so we think we rock and we've got some new songs, uh, and, uh, but we, you know, we all three have day jobs. Uh, so going on tour, uh, you know, dropping the day job and becoming professional musicians, probably not in the cards for us at this point, but we would like to play more, get the word out, get some listens on Spotify, but we are failing miserably at that. You know, you have, I'm looking at your Spotify now, you have 11,639 monthly listeners. We have two, literally two. What are are we doing wrong? (laughs) So I think the biggest thing for, I mean, any bands and, you know, I talk about this with my guys all the time. And there's a guy, I don't know if you've ever heard of Tom Jackson. Tom Jackson. Name doesn't ring a bell. No. So he's this dude. Nobody's ever heard. A lot of people haven't heard of him. He's this dude um, who gets 
pretty much paid by musicians to come in and fix their show. And he has he has a book that's out that um, pretty much every tour bus in the country, um, the touring artists have his book. I've actually been on tour buses with some pretty big artists, and they have seen the book on his their tour bus. He actually was hired by Taylor Swift multiple times to come in and fix her stage show for some of her biggest tours ever. He's pretty big name in behind the scenes in the music industry. And um, he talks about just, you know, of course people have to have a day job and have to do that kind of stuff. But what you, you, you get out what you put in. And, you know, this is something that I go through with my guys, you know, sure, there's a, this is, um, and this isn't like directed at you guys. It's just more of like a band thing in general. Yeah. And this is something that guy, Tom Jackson talks about playing a show is like 5% of the hundred percent of being in a band, mm -hmm. you know, practice is probably 25% of it. Driving to stuff is probably 20% of it. And even then right there, you still have 45 to 50% of the stuff that needs to be done behind the scenes. And we have, in my band, one of the reasons we have a rotating door of members is because a lot of people who come in want to do, you know, the 10% where it's, I want to be the one who has written the entire song and I want to be the one soloing for 10 minutes and doing this, 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 and this. But then they don't want to do the other 85%. And that 85% includes going through Facebook and when you drop a song, going into group chat, going in, joining groups that you think your song would fit in and just saying, Hey guys, I dropped this song. You should check it out. Here's the link. Um, I'm a member of God, probably 300 plus Facebook groups, mm. you know, and we dropped a music video a couple weeks ago or about a week ago, actually. And it doesn't have a ton of views yet, but I went on Facebook and posted on my personal page and probably in 20 groups, just get a couple hits. And I know for a fact, two of the groups, it got like 10 or 15 views each from each of those groups. And, you know, it's a hustle and a grind. But once you get your music in front of that one person, they might add it to a playlist that has 60,000 monthly listeners, you know, and yeah. it's a lot of luck. But you get like, for example, it's like you guys are nice guys. You have an amazing stage show. You have a great stage presence and you're already working hard in your hometown. You know, branching out, playing a couple shows in other areas is great. But just keep pushing it when you get your songs in front of the right people and get it added to the right playlists or get it seen by the right people, which, you know, it's a long shot, but it's just part of that 85% of things you have to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Are the, you talk about being a member of a bunch of Facebook groups. Are they mostly music related or are they, are they, could they be groups centered around any kind of topic? So, I mean, personally, I'm in a lot of, this is really nerdy, but I'm in a lot of music group chats and then I'm in a lot of tabletop gaming group chats. Uh, now, tabletop gaming, probably I'm not going to get any, you know, music listens from that. But um, let's say you play, you know, you're in an 80s rock cover band. Yeah. You know, maybe you're posting in 80s rock group chats, but also maybe you're posting in cover band sense. Again, this is a. Yeah, or like 80s memorabilia chats or, you know, God or Jaws or Jaws was 70s. I know Jaws was 80s. 
the, you know, but you the, fir the first couple of Jaws's were in the 70s. 70s. I yeah. think four was in the 80s. I had to correct myself I there. But, right. you know, posting in group chats that hit the same mark or like if you're into horror punk, which is a real genre and there's some really good bands that do it, you know, a lot of their songs are about like Friday the 13th, whatever, you know, posting in a horror punk group chat, a punk group chat or a rock group chat, but also posting in, you know, Baltimore horror fans. Um, you know, like if I'm going to tour and I'm playing Chicago on January 3rd, I might po go on their Facebook and post on the pop punk Chicago page and post Kings, of the wild things, and then put a link to our song is playing at X, Y, and Z with and you tag the locals and all of them posted it and stuff and it's just it's part of the grind and you have to link up with people who are like-minded and want to continue growing and are just nice people i mean I, the thing that we talk about as a band and we we always end our show with reckless and the song um is a shout out to people who it's a mental health song and mm -hmm. we always end our show with if you need help um there's always people here who can talk we'd love to talk to you after the show if you need anybody uh be nice to each other is something we always say at the end of our show. And I think that that's what I want the band to embody is being nice to each other. And I know for a fact with my guys in the band, we're always checking in on each other and stuff, making sure we're okay, doing okay. Hey, you know, I haven't heard from you today. You doing okay? You know, what's going on? Everything good? And I think that that is just another thing that really helps grow bands is just being nice to each other. Awesome. I mean, that's good advice. I've learned several things already that uh, we aren't doing enough of. You know, we're <clears throat> the guys and I uh, promoted on our Facebook and the band and our uh, the band we used to be in. Uh, I do stand up comedy, so I'm posting it on my comp comedian groups. Uh, OK, I play disc I golf. I'm com I put it, I, I post up about it in my disc golf groups. Uh, I do the same thing with the podcast, uh, but uh, I hadn't really considered like adding a shit ton more groups to my Facebook. And, uh, and yeah, no, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm Facebook. I, it, it amazes me. Um, we, I was at a show at a basement in Richmond, Virginia, and some dude came up to me. He was like, Oh my gosh, you're Oscar. You're in Kings, of the wild things. We're in the Richmond punk group chat together. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Sick. I mean, I was at a, I was at four chord music fest in Pittsburgh. And there were two girls who came up to me. They were like, oh, my gosh, you're Oscar. I had my longer hair, and that's how they recognized me. They were like, you're Oscar from Kings of the Wild Things. And my girlfriend was like, oh, my gosh, don't give him a big head. Do not get him started. And I was like, where are you, where are you guys even from? Like, where are you from? And they were like, oh, we're from Albany, New York. <laughs> now, being from Baltimore, I was like, how did you? And they were like, oh, we love your song, Reckless. And we hope you know, it was just it, it's just through social media you connect with people and fans and stuff and it's just you know it's just awesome that's got to feel good man have you had that experience on stage where you're looking out and there's people singing along with words that you wrote so yes actually we played a show in our hometown house in a couple weeks ago and we actually sold it out it was our first show that we sold out like the other bands each did you know, 20, 30 tickets. I think we did like 170. Mm. It was crazy. We sold it out. It was awesome. It was packed front to back. Tons of kids from the college I go to. Tons of family and friends. But there were people that, you know, I've seen at shows maybe in the scene gone that's for, that I know are from other bands. But there were people there that I've I maybe met once at a show or that I, I, I've seen at shows and never met or 
you know, people from the scene, and there were one of people I've never seen before that came out to the show to see us, but people there that were singing our words and I was making eye contact with. And at one point, I literally just put the mic on the stand during Reckless and people were singing along and singing singing the words. And it was just, that was, that was to me, like the coolest moment. I'm getting like goosebumps thinking about it. it was, so am I. It was like they said they were singing "Hit Me Hard" and "Knock Me Out," "Break My Bones," and and then I I just put the mic away and like they they were singing loud enough that I could hear it and it was there was a mosh pit people were we actually had to clear that it's um it's this venue called Zen West and Zen West it's it's a kick-ass Mexican restaurant but in the back they have this giant stage and room for probably you know two hundred people and sometimes there's tables along the wall and stuff but this was such a big show and they haven't done this in a long time. They actually moved all the tables out of the room so that we could, because it was getting that full. We had to like clear everybody out before the show and move the tables. Wow. And, um, you know, it was, there were people moving, pushing each other. Like there was, I'm pretty sure there was two people crowd surfing and we've only ever had one other show where there was a crowd surfer. And it was just, you know, it wasn't our biggest show, but it was a sold out show that we sold out. And it was our first show that we, you know, and I can't, there's photos on our Instagram and stuff. And if you look at our music video for the song Smile, um, there's clips from the show in that video. I'm, and for that show, I'm wearing a long sleeve Real Friends t-shirt. And um, so that's kind of how you can figure out. And it has a lot of blue lighting. But you can see the crowd in it. And at some points, it's just insane. That's got to feel so good. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, so how did you guys come up with the name Kings of the wild things? So I am a really big fan of two children's books. One is, um, where the wild things are. And the other is, Oh, the places you'll go. I couldn't really find a band name in that. Um, and the other band name we were thinking about was, uh, thrill house, which is a Simpsons reference. Okay. But, being in a pop punk band, there's already a couple other bands that are pretty famous that have Simpsons bands, Simpsons names as a reference, uh, including Fall Out Boy, which is a Simpsons reference. And I didn't really want to, and the band didn't really want to go with something that was a Simpsons reference when everyone else has already done it. So we thought, um, kind of, we kind of went like with the bare naked ladies idea that, you know, it fills a, it fills a show poster, Kings of the Wild Things. And, uh, it, it, it's a big name and, you know, my and people say all the time, well, that's a weird name. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of it. But if you think about it, My Chemical Romance is a really big, weird, long name. And people love that band. And I'm yeah. not saying that a band name makes a band. But I think that having a catchy name that really, you know, sticks out on like a headliner or on a poster and takes up space, is, it draws your eyes to it. So that was the kind of the, the idea behind it. Uh, and I was hoping it had something to do with the children's book. That's also a book, you know, my parents read to me as a kid. So quite a few years ago, that's a, it's a fantastic, that's a, oh, great, I that's love a great that book. book. And the art in it is insanely the, cool. Yeah. You like, I, I can picture the art any day of the week if I need to. It's, it's, well, it's, and that's, and that's another thing, you know, it, it's, it's a book that a lot of people have memories from. Yeah. And, and it's something that you can visually picture but also it's not exact. There's no exact reference to Kings of the wild things in where the wild things are. So it's not like a, we didn't take that from the book, but we drew the inspiration from the book. So it's not like it's a direct reference, but it is at the same time. Yeah. 
There is uh, definitely something to the idea, though, that to 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 get noticed, you do have to have the right kind of band name. And we started off with the wrong kind of band name. We thought we were being clever by naming our band Big, uh, just the word Big with an exclamation point. Uh, and, uh, and, and then we got it all loaded up on Spotify and uh, couldn't find our own music. Uh, because if you just search for the word Big, there's about 400 other things that show up and ours did not show up. Uh, scroll for hours and you will not find our band because of every other version of the word big. So, uh, yeah, uh, and it doesn't take up much space on a poster unless you just in enlarge the font. But uh, so, yeah, we've uh, we've now changed it to the band big, uh, which is a whole lot easier to actually find. But yeah, yeah no, I definitely feel that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a. Uh, a misstep for sure. Like that might have helped us uh, in the last couple of years, maybe get more uh, noti noti noticeability. Yeah, there's a couple there's a couple um, groups that I know of that have very nondescript names that have run into that problem or had their music uploaded under another artist's name. Mm. Yeah, and what we found out recently uh, when we changed the name is you can't just change all the stuff from the first band's name to the new band's name. It doesn't work that way uh, with all the digital rights management going on. Uh, you, so we're, we, the, the latest song we put out, we put out under the band big. Uh, so now we've got two different Spotify profiles and it, you know, we're going to have to go back in basically and sort of re-record or rearrange or make some modifications to the original stuff and then make a new album and then put it under the band big. It's kind of a, kind of annoying. Uh, you know, the you can do it as a re-release though. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it will, we'll tie it all together that way. Uh, and it'll, it'll be all right in the end, but right, right now we're in this weird position where we've got two Spotify pages and all that, but you can find it all at the So it works that way. Yeah, no, and you, you guys actually have a really cool website, too. Oh, cool. That's Gary. He uh, He's the creative uh, force behind the band Big. So he writes the songs. Uh, he he does the website stuff. He took the picture that's on the album, uh, designed the posters, all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, yeah. no, it's a really cool, especially the website. Websites are hard to get done or get done right. So the website you guys have looks really cool. Cool. Well, all the credit for that goes to Gary. Uh, and then, uh, he and I share the, uh, the, you know, the Facebooking and Instagramming of it all. Uh, and then Brian, our bass player, he's just our bass player. So, well, he plays bass. So that's exactly right. <laughs> Shout out to Brian McKenzie. I love bass. Uh, how often a week, how often do you guys, uh, get together and practice, rehearse, whatever? Is that like a multiple times a week sort of a thing? So we do, um, it really depends for our normal practices, we do one time a week. Um, but normal practices happen very rarely. Um, normal practices usually run three to four hours. Usually they're on a Monday, but that's, that's information nobody needs. Um, <laughs> uh, usually before a tour, we'll do two to three practices a week. Um, sometimes all the guys can't get together. So I will... Um, do smaller practices with one person um, or two people and we'll work things out. But before the tour, um, probably starting in a couple weeks, probably because we're starting the tour January 3rd, um, we will be running practices two or three times a week 
like the show we're playing with you guys, we don't usually play like an hour long set. So we've had to do some extra practicing and I've had to work on some extra stuff. And we're going to, we actually have two acoustic songs that get a good amount of streams. We don't ever play. Mm. So I've had to run through those a couple times by myself just to get the rhythms down again and stuff. Cause we don't play them, right. but we're busting out to play with you guys. Nice. So I'm stoked for that. Playing some stuff, some, playing some deep cuts of ours that we don't get to play ever. So that's fun. Yeah. So this will, this will be the first show like this we've had in a while. You know, we went, we used to play, you know, three hour bar gigs uh, with mostly cover songs. Uh, and we are totally not into doing that at all anymore. If we can help it, uh, we would much rather play uh, our own stuff uh, for about an hour. Uh, and that's, you know, that's about the right size of a gig for us. A couple cover songs mixed in, uh, but mostly our stuff. Do you guys do any fun covers? Yeah, I actually think. I know for a fact we're doing two covers when we play with you guys. We might throw a third in for time, but right now I think we're only doing two. Um, scratch that. We're probably going to do three. There's a cover. There's an artist from Maryland called One Word Story, and he's a really cool person, um, but he has a song called Frankenstein. I don't even think it's out, but it's a song that I really like, and if we need some extra acoustic time and I'm feeling it, we may throw that song in there as well. Cause it's just a really beautiful, well-written song. Nice. You know, you know, we definitely see you guys as the headliners at this gig. I mean, I know the business side of it. I think we're splitting it 50, 50 or whatever. Uh, we're not doing this gig to get paid. We're doing this gig to share the stage with you guys, uh, to hopefully expose our band to more people. Uh, and, uh, well, just the, the, to play, I mean, to get on a stage in a cool venue, I don't know if you've ever heard of, uh, or been to the Southern, but it's, uh, you know, there's, there's basically not that many venues left in Charlottesville. You know, it used to be, there was stuff all over the place and the Southern's one of the last places left. It's right on the downtown mall. It's like a basement, low ceilings. Uh, it can be as grungy as it needs to be. It can be as highbrow as it needs to be. I've and seen everything pictures. It looks between. really cool. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's, it's the funnest place to play. Uh, if you go, if you grow out of the Southern, you move on to the Jefferson, which is, you know, uh, a big step up from the Southern. So, you know, that's the dream. Like if our, if our band can get to the level where we, uh, have, have deserve the right to be on the Jefferson stage. I think we will have made it as far as we can make it at this point in yeah, our we, lives. So I went to school for high school in Northern Virginia and I have a ton of friends who go to school in Charlottesville. So I'm really going to push this show and try and get some people out. I know it's Thanksgiving weekend, but a, a lot of college kids don't go home for Thanksgiving. So I'm going to try and make a big push for this and see how many people I can get out. Awesome, dude. You guys brought the numbers at the Battle of the Bands. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, quite impressive. Yeah, for not being from Charlottesville and not being our first time there, that was pretty cool. So where did you grow up in Northern Virginia? So I was actually, um, I went to high school, or I went to middle school in, in Southern Virginia in Yorktown, like okay. Tab area. Yeah. And then I moved to Fredericksburg when I was 14. Gotcha. So the out Yes, I was the, in Fredericksburg area. The outskirts of Northern Virginia. Yes, out uh, Yes, outskirts of Northern Virginia. People in Northern Virginia would not think you're from Northern Virginia. No, but a lot of <laughs> a lot of people yeah. yeah. No, people in Northern Virginia don't say that's Northern Virginia. No, no, I grew up I grew up in Northern Virginia. Uh, and okay. yeah, so, uh, I, I, I couldn't care less, uh, if you call yourselves from Northern Virginia, I think you're close enough. Uh, I grew up in falls church. Yeah, I though. just say that cause most people don't know where that is. So. Right. Yeah. 
just a little ways down 95, you know, Potomac Mills, you know, DC and Richmond. Yeah. Uh, we played in my other band, uh, that's no longer together. We was, it was kind of a country band. It's how I got started. Ice house road. We played some funky like billiards hall in Fredericksburg. No way. Rec center. Yeah. It's like, it's like in a shopping, it's like a strip mall kind of a thing. Uh, Yeah. So, um, was it downtown? Not really. No, it was. Okay. So that's called, um, I forget what it's called, but there was something that happened. We were supposed to play a show there and somebody got stabbed or shot the weekend (laughs) before. This was like when the band was starting and we, we never, we didn't play there because somebody got stabbed or shot there. And I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of in high school and not trying to get stabbed or shot. Yeah. So we didn't, we never ended up playing there. We kind of, moved past playing that in Fredericksburg and there's a place called um shoot I forget what it's called but it's this small basement it probably only has room for like 40 people but one time we did 162 tickets in it <laughs> and people couldn't move it was that packed but there were people crowd surfing in a space the size of maybe that stage that we played on yeah with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was it was a tiny space. <laughs> oh my gosh. And there was like 106 we did 162 tickets was the exact number that night in a 45 person space. And there were people crowd surfing in that room and that's just that was the coolest show we ever had in Fredericksburg. Yeah, it doesn't have to be thousands of people to feel freaking awesome like that. Well, a small room you pack it it feels like a thousand people. Yeah, exactly. Now we had the exact opposite experience in the pool hall because this place is huge. Like there's two halves to the room. The right side has uh, pool tables. The left side is like they think they play darts. Uh, and when they're not playing darts, if there's a band playing, then that side is for where the audience could be. Uh, and we had, you know, 10 or 15 people in this huge half of the building. And uh, it was not great. <laughs> not great at all. And then one of our old ass amplifiers uh, in our rack of stuff uh, caught fire, smoke, let out the magic smoke. So we lost an amp right before the show started. We we called Guitar Center, which is like five minutes away, went and got an amp, used it uh, and returned it the next day. <laughs> so because, uh, yeah, the, it was it was a, it was a not a fun night uh, at all. <laughs> Yeah, there's really not any good venues in Fredericksburg, to be honest. Um, there's one called the Rec Center in Fredericksburg, which we play. Um, it's just, it's between Richmond and D.C., and unless you're from there, even for people who are from there, which we were for a while, it's hard to get people out. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I assume you have not listened to my podcast before, is that right? No, I have not listened. I didn't get a chance to check it out yet. Cool. Well, there's only 78 previous episodes to this one. This will be episode number 79. It's called Three Things with JR. And uh, one of the things I typically do is normally, you know, we scheduled this, so you knew this was coming, but I purposely didn't tell you about this part of it uh, because I want it to be kind of spontaneous. When uh, Sometimes I do the show with no guests, but if I have a guest on, put the guest on the spot a little bit and ask them to come up with three things. Uh, and, uh, so the three things that I like to talk about on my podcast, thing number one, I'm asking you for it now. Uh, tell me something, somebody, tell me something deep, inspiring, an epiphany you've had a deep thought, uh, something like that. Just, uh, you know, what is, what do people need to hear right now from Oscar? I think just 
and again, this is just something I've encountered in the scene and my life. And we always touched on it, but be nice to each other. You never know who or what or how something or someone is going to come back and affect you. Like going into something, always going into something with like good expectations. For example, when we played Charlottesville, we pulled up and I was like, oh, this is going to be okay. I never expected <laughs> when we play Richmond, actually, on our tour, we're playing with Low Life Tea Party. Um, yeah. they're, they're playing with us at that show. I would have never thought I was going to make friends with a band from Richmond, Virginia, who we'd be able to set a show up with for our tour. I never thought I'd be on your podcast. And, you know, if I had gone in there with a bad attitude and was like, oh, this stinks, you know, that's that wouldn't be making these connections. So I think really just and it's not even like about business connections, but you never know what else someone's going through and just be nice to people. You know, it doesn't get much better than that. And if that's how you live your life, man, uh, you know, you, you're not going to have a problem free life. But, uh, you know, you won't you won't bring upon yourself the problems that assholes have to deal with uh, because oh, they're yeah. assholes. Uh, you know, there it just uh, it that builds upon itself, just like being nice to people builds upon itself. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a much better way to be. Karma's a bitch. Yeah, no doubt. Nice. Uh, thing number two, what are you listening to right now? What's inspiring you? Like, what's your favorite music to listen to, like, right now? And it doesn't have to be, like, your favorite band of all time. It can be, like, what What did you listen to today that you're like, oh, I want to hear more of that? So this is um, embarrassing. I, uh, I'm kind of in the mode of three things right now. Okay, good. We started November, so I've um, I'm the type of person that's already started Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Um, I start October and I listen to Nightmare Before Christmas all of October, and on November first, I turned the Christmas playlist on on Spotify. So that's the first thing I'm doing right now. Um, this is really weird, but my dad and I are really into Taylor Swift right now. Not just because of the new record; it's a banger, but um. I don't know. There was I was in the car one day and I was listening to Taylor Swift and I was like, I'm in a Taylor Swift mood. And I've been in a Taylor Swift mood for like three weeks, four weeks now. And my dad all of a sudden randomly, like literally two days later, I was in the car with him and he was listening to Taylor Swift on repeat. And I was like, and he was like, you're in this mood too? And I was like, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> so a lot of Taylor Swift right now. She's an amazing songwriter. And then of course, just, you know, the emo pop punk stuff, more emo stuff than pop punk, I'd say. But I'm really right now leaning towards state champs, Mayday Parade, Real Friends. And if I'm really feeling angsty, like when I'm in the gym, Blink-182, but very select Blink-182 stuff. Nice. I, uh, I've seen Black, I've seen Blink-182 live. They were a lot of fun. I, I get to go to Vegas every year for work to the Consumer Electronics Show. And uh, CNET, uh, big you know, big technology company, they throw a party, and uh, it was at the the Brooklyn Bowl in Vegas uh, with Blink One Eighty Two, and one hell of a show. I mean, they were awesome. Great show. Travis Barker's insane. Yeah, yeah. To actually see that guy drum live uh, is just. Oh. I mean, I already knew how good he was, but just to see it in person, you're like, that still looks inhuman. Like, I don't know how it, he's it's possible to do half the stuff he's doing. Yeah, he's insane. Yeah, he's awesome. Fantastic. Uh, love the Christmas music, uh, you know, and 
Yeah, good stuff. Nothing to be embarrassed about there. Don't be, don't uh, you know? Let your freak flag fly. There's not. Do you remember when Taylor Swift was a was a country music star? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. She transcends genre, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, no, um, I'm more embarrassed by the Christmas music part because I'm also the type of person that has 27 Christmas sweaters and has to wear one every day leading up to Christmas. But I have more than 25 now, so even after Christmas, I'm wearing Christmas sweaters now. Wow. At other times of year? Well, I, I have to wear them all. I can't just, like, <laughs> trade them halfway through the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, at, at, at my age, you know, I, uh, I I don't really care all that much about Christmas. Uh, I can get into it. I'm not, like, a Scrooge or anything, but although my girlfriend might think I am because we don't put up a tree or anything like that anymore. But uh, this year I got a part in a, a musical uh, so, okay. so I'm in uh, a Christmas story, the musical. So oh, who are you? Who uh, are you though? Uh, I, do you, uh, I'm Gene Shepard. I'm the narrator of the show. So I'm a huge Christmas story fan. Yes. Um, I do have a, uh, leg lamp Christmas sweater, Nice. but, um, I, uh, I love the Christmas story musical. There are some things that I'm a big musical person as well. Um, fun fact about the band. Every time we leave on a road trip, we turn on the travel song from Shrek the Musical. Nice. That's the, and, and and my dad hates it. The same theater it. that I'm performing at uh, today, like literally right now as we're talking, as they're wrapping up their last uh, uh, show of Shrek the Musical Junior. It's a student production. I love that show. Um, hot take, but I love that show. That's um, that's awesome. But yeah. um, no, I I love Christmas Story the Musical. The, the mall Santa song is absolutely hilarious. Uh -huh. And the song the teacher sings is just phenomenal. Yeah. the uh, I didn't know I was into musicals until I met my girlfriend. And now uh, I'm way into it. And I always told her, I said, I want, I want to be in a musical. I don't know that I need to be like carrying an entire song. I don't need the lead in a musical, but you know, put me in the ensemble. Let me do a little singing. Give me a role that has a lot of dialogue, but not a lot of singing. And I want to be part of that experience. And she sent me this thing. And it's like, you should audition for this. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's that role is perfect for me. And so, yeah, I'm Gene Shepard. I'm intertwined with all the scenes. I do get to do a little dancing and I'm singing in the ensemble. It's so much fun. It's four rehearsals a week. And it's like, you know, it's job number one right now. It's almost all I think about. Yeah, I was in, um, I went to a school for a while that was very musical oriented. And I was in a uh, giant production of Beauty and the Beast. Mm. And there was a, we performed it actually instead of on a stage in the gym because it was going to be that big of a production. It was two or two weekends, I think. And we actually built a force, a four story castle. Oh, wow. In the gym. And then I think this, it, the gym sat like 800 people and we, and all the shows were sold out. And uh, I was LeFou. No kidding. Yeah. So that was, that was my favorite show. I was in a couple other shows, including little women, the musical, which was terrible. Oh, it's, uh, you know, once you're into musicals, you find that, uh, lots of people are into musicals. <laughs> I had no idea. I was missing out on this for most of my life. I thought I'm not into musicals. I don't go to Broadway. I don't go when I go to New York. That's not why I'm there. Now it's why I go to New York. Uh, well, if you're looking for any show recommendations, I have about 20 I can recommend. So nice. Uh, maybe we'll do that on another time. Uh, we can talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sidetrack. No, this is, this is great. I love it. Uh, all right. Thing number three, uh, which for some people, it proves to be the hardest one. Uh, it seems like it's to be the easiest one, but it's not always that easy. Um, and it, it's a, it's a simple premise though. Just, uh, 
Just tell me something stupid. Oh, um, I just told you something stupid. Nope, that doesn't. Uh, you can't use that again. It's got to be something new. It could be a dad joke. It could be uh, something dumb. Oh, okay. Something dumb. You. Oh, okay. Okay. Why is ten plus ten the same thing as eleven plus eleven? Why? Because ten plus ten is twenty, and eleven plus eleven is twenty-two. Nice. <laughs> All right, I got one for you that's in the same vein. Uh, uh, who's bigger, Mister Bigger, or Mister Bigger's baby? I don't know. Mister Bigger's baby is a little bigger. That's a thinker. <laughs> uh, maybe I didn't deliver it right. Mr. Bigger's baby. Who's bigger, Mr. Bigger or Mr. Bigger's baby? Mr. Bigger's baby's a little bigger. <laughs> he's a little bigger. He's a bigger, but he's a little one. And he's a little bigger. It took me a... <laughs> That's a thinker. That's a thinker. <laughs> I love it. Uh Dude, uh, this has been so much fun, man. Um, uh, so people should go find you somewhere, uh, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I mean, if you Google us, we come up. That was really cool. That that was something really cool that happened to the band. At one point, you know, you look up Kings of the Wild things, nothing comes up. There's some book in Norway that's about like, I think it's called King of the Wild. King of the Wild. It's oh. about Vikings. Okay. But um, it's like a weird person who tried to do like a magic treehouse thing, but with Vikings. Um. That came up for a while. Now, if you Google us, we come up, which is sick. Yep, sure enough. Uh, your Instagram, your Facebook, your Spotify, uh, Kings of the Wild Things Company site. Is that your website? Oh yeah, yeah. The website. Yep, with our out of date merch that needs to be updated. <laughs> your Twitter, your Submit Hub, the uh, the Alt Club, bands in town. Yeah, all of your stuff comes up. Uh, you, you guys don't have a Wikipedia page yet. You're going to start your own Wikipedia page for your band? So I was trying to figure out how to do that. And there was a lot of words on the Wikipedia site about how to do stuff. And it didn't make sense. So I gave up. Yeah. It's better to let somebody else put that together anyway. You want other people yeah, telling your story. Yeah, I said to my story. girlfriend, hey, can you do this? And she was <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that for you. <laughs> Oh man, uh, dude, we've uh, we've been talking now for well over an hour. Uh, and oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Time flies. Uh, I I absolutely love doing this. Uh, my podcast is not huge yet. I don't have like thousands of listeners yet, but you know, having uh, having really fun, compelling, interesting people on the show, uh, it's kind of like putting together a good stage show. You got to have the foundation of something good, and uh, you are a fantastic guest. I'd love to have you back sometime. Do you have a Facebook for the for the for the podcast, or is it just like a page? I do now. Literally two weeks, uh, I've had a Facebook page for the podcast, uh, and Facebook is doing that thing now where when you post a new episode of your podcast, it plays in Facebook. Like there's a Facebook. Well, as soon as you get this up, shoot me the link, shoot me the Facebook page, and I'll blast it on a ton of different pages. Sweet, uh, done. I will. Uh, this I drop it every Tuesday morning at six a.m. and then sometime in the morning on Tuesday I'll post up about it. I'll tag you in it. I'll tag the band in it. Uh, I'll shoot you. A I'll note. draw. I'll push it everywhere. 
Sweet. Uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, thank you again so much for doing this. Uh, I cannot wait for November 26th at the Southern here in Charlottesville, Kings oh, of the yeah, Wild Things. Two weeks. Two Go. weeks. I know, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an awesome show. Uh, you know, bring, get tickets, show up. Uh, you know, we, we need to, we need we need a mosh pit. We need it to be sold out. We need to have uh, some people. We got to get you on the Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the end goal for the band big. If we can get on the Jefferson, our dreams are fulfilled. So, uh, well, sweet. Thank you so much. We will definitely keep in touch and, uh, yeah, just shoot me a link when it's ready. We'll do, man. Look for that on Tuesday. Uh, and I can't believe I waited till now to ask you this. Is it, uh, I'm going to see Oscar Sobkowitz. Yeah. Did I say it right? Yep. Sobkowitz. Did you get people that don't say it right? Um, it, it, I've gotten some of the craziest stuff. Yeah. I've gotten, uh, my personal favorite is Sobe tits. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Sobe tits. um, (laughs) Sobe tits is my favorite I've gotten, but I've gotten, I've gotten, uh, Zobka whiz. It's a lot of whizzes. A lot of whizzes. Yeah. A lot of whizzes. Yeah. 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 A lot of, I don't, a lot of just, I don't know how to say that. Right. Which is better than the, what's, would you prefer the people admit, Hey, I don't know how to say your name or would you prefer they give it a try? Even if they butcher it. I don't know. I mean, I, when someone gets it right, it actually annoys me just a little bit. Cause I like hearing bad pronunciations of it. <laughs> I really like, like in a professional setting, like I like hearing it correct, but like, like, uh, usually, and this is really TMI, but I had a teacher in college my first year who looked at looked at the roster and obviously was confused. And I talked to him about it afterwards. He's a really nice guy, but he was like, I saw the name Oscar. So I was looking for someone Hispanic. Then I saw the last name and I didn't know how to say it. So I didn't know what to say. And I didn't expect you because <laughs> I had really long hair at the time. And he was like, I just this isn't what I expected. And I was like, yeah, thanks. You know, my, my day job was, uh, for a long time was talking to c- customers that would call in. Uh, so I would talk to, you know, 40, 50 people a day. So pronouncing names, uh, as they would come up on my screen w- was a fun part of the day, especially when you got something that was challenging to figure out. Yeah. And I always took the approach of, I'm going to give it a try because if I do nail it, it blows people's minds when they have a, di- a difficult to pronounce name and somebody says it correctly, it usually makes their day. Oh, no, no, I love it, especially in like a professional or collegiate setting. But like when I'm at like, you know, tropical smoothie and they'll like order for Oscar Sobe tits. (laughs) I can see where that would add a smile to your day for sure. (laughs) It is great, though, when they say Oscar wrong. I've had that. Well, wait, what are the other ways to say Oscar? How do you say it wrong? I've gotten Oscar. Okay. Um, I've gotten I've gotten what my favorite was. Oh, was oh. Scar. Oh, Scar. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, Scar. <coughs> yes. All right. Yeah, you know. That not, was a good one. Not not everybody reads good, so it's fine. <laughs> not everybody does English good. That's right. Uh, Oscar Sobta, Sobe Tits, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Uh, and uh, I will see you in you. two weeks. I'll see you in two weeks. Uh, the Thanks, na- I can tell you right now, I didn't know what it was going to be, but the name of this episode is going to be Oscar Sobe Tits. Uh, so that's uh, that's how you'll know. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Have man. a great one. You too, Oscar. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye. 
All right. Oscar Sobkowitz. Oscar Sobitits, as he prefers to be called by people who don't know him. What's coming up now is Kings of the Wild Things song Reckless from their EP Golden State of Mind. Keep in mind, if you know what this song is about, either because Oscar just told you or because you figured it out, cool. Go answer the question either on Spotify, mobile app, or on Three Things with JR on Facebook. Give me the right answer, and I will draw a name from all the right answers we get and give away a pair of tickets to our show at the Southern on November 26th, Black Friday. We're going to close the show out with Oscar's song, Reckless. See you next week. Take me 